May we have your attention, please? The coronavirus pandemic of 2020-21 and now into 2022 has highlighted the important role that rail freight plays in delivering many essential supplies, be they medical, food, clothes or construction materials, across Britain. That reliance on freight trains has also highlighted the conflict between high-speed passenger services and much heavier, slower-running freight trains that run on the same network. The High Speed 2 network is a project that will remove some of that conflict in the medium to long term, and the completion of the Warrington Grade Separation Project, a tunnel under the East Coast Main Line, is another significant engineering project in the plans to separate the two types of traffic. But just running the two types of traffic on separate routes wherever possible isn't the whole story for an efficient freight network. As you will know, many train diagrams or routes and schedules are planned several months or even a year or more in advance. But sometimes routes aren't available and an alternative is needed, or a customer needs some freight dropped at a convenient place just off the usual route, or doesn't even need that train to run on a particular day. Some services may be booked to run a specific route on a certain schedule every day of the week, but in practice only need to run three days a week. Can we make use of those empty slots to run another service, perhaps by another operator, or for a different customer? Two people who have been working towards the answer to that question being yes are Martin Gledo of 3Squared, a technology company that's been delivering innovative solutions for rail in the last 20 years, and Maggie Simpson. Maggie and Martin, welcome to the RSB podcasts. Could I ask you to introduce yourselves and tell us how you came to your current role with the railway? Maggie first, please. Thanks, Ant. My name, as you say, is, is Maggie Simpson. I'm the Director General of the Rail Freight Group. We are a member-based trade association who represent businesses right across the rail freight sector. We have around 120 members and they represent train operators, end customers, ports, terminals, shipping lines, quarrying companies, those who supply equipment and logistics equipment to the, the industry, so cranes, reach stackers as well as wagons and rolling stock and technology companies like 3Squared and others who are helping our sector to modernise and to become much more cost efficient and effective. And it's my absolute pleasure to be here today talking to you about Past Planner. Thank you very much, Maggie. And now, Martin, please. Thank you very much for the invite today. As Maggie said, I'm also very pleased to be here today talking to you about freight. It's something that we've been involved in for a long time. So I'm Martin Gledo. I am Head of IT and Technical Innovation at 3Squared. I've been in the role about six years now, and the role involves a lot of understanding the challenges that are facing the rail industry and how we can use technology to support the rail industry in developing further within the UK and abroad. Thank you very much, Martin. Maggie, if I could turn back to you, could you tell us something of the size of the rail freight sector and how important it is for the UK economy? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. And rail freight, as you said in your introduction, Ant, has been really vitally important to the way we've been moving goods around during the pandemic. And indeed, of course, before that, we work for almost every industrial sector in the country and of course for retail customers as well. So, so we move everything from steel products, biomass for power generation, industrial chemicals and petrochemicals, quarried stone and cement for the construction of building industries, and of course all those consumer goods that we all use day in, day out that come through our nation's ports and warehouses are often also moving on trains, and that's everything from drinks and food products to consumer goods and household goods as well. 
So you can see it's absolutely touching every part of the economy. And indeed, work by Rail Delivery Group suggested that we contribute £2.54 billion worth of value to the UK economy every year through those economic benefits and the environmental gains that come by using rail freight. And so although we're only around 10% of all surface freight transport, the rest mostly being on HGV, we contribute a significant amount to GDP, to the economy each year. And what we do is absolutely vital for those customers who consign their goods with us. Thank you very much, Maggie. You mentioned a little bit about moving freight off the roads. Are there any wider benefits to moving freight onto the railway? Yes, if you take the carbon benefits of of using rail over the road, today, even though the majority of our services are still diesel hauled, we generate only a quarter of the carbon emissions that road freight does. So moving more goods onto rail, modal shift to rail is absolutely essential part of decarbonising transport today. And transport is one of the largest emitting sectors in the UK economy. So everything that we can do to help that is really welcome. And of course, we, like everybody else, have to work to, to make less carbon emissions ourselves. And my members are working hard to do that, looking at alternative fuels, ways to be more fuel efficient and how they work in the other parts of their businesses in those terminals and offices and so on. And like most businesses are working hard to reduce their emissions further. But the the easiest thing that we can do to help reduce transport emissions is that modal shift to rail freight from HGV today where that's possible. Thank you, Maggie. Martin, if I can turn to you now, I mentioned in my introduction HS2 and some other infrastructure projects that are making it easier to increase the capacity for freight. But can you tell me how the freight planning process works at the moment? Yeah, certainly. So as you mentioned, there are a number of different projects that are going on in the rail industry to increase capacity, be that running longer and heavier trains, or be that dealing with some bottlenecks on the network where you've got single track line and it's very hard to fit the services together. Alongside that, when you're planning a freight journey, Trains get planned a long time in advance for the working timetable. So we're talking about months and months in advance of scheduling things. And when you need to run short-term alterations to that to meet an immediate change in need, they use the very short-term planning or VSTP approach for that. So that's often a couple of days in advance. You've got a need to run a train from one location to another, and you need to get space on the network to do that. And obviously, it's not like a road network where you, you drive and see what happens. You've got to fit in with the other services. You've got to make sure you don't disrupt passenger services. And you've got to fit with a lot of different line speeds and a lot of different network capabilities to get that service through safely. The current process then is you put in a bid to network rail for the path you want to run. You can put that in as an untimed bid, which is just say, I want to go from this location to that one on that day, what fits. Or you can put in a timed bid. The timed bid has all the different points along the railway network with the time you expect to pass them. And it's based on the sectional running times between different points based on the speed capabilities of the service you want to run. For network rail, it is easier for them to deal with a timed bid because it's got the pathing information in it already and they just need to validate that rather than find and fit a path. But it is a time-consuming process for an operator to try and find a path on the network for a new service. So the trade-off between a timed versus an untimed bid happens on both the request side and the response side. Thank you very much, Martin. 
Maggie, if I can turn back to you, Martin's just mentioned some of the difficulties in creating these new paths. How does this impact the sector and our customers? Sure. So, I mean, as Martin's outlined, it's a resource intensive process often based on quite old systems that, that aren't very modern. So for the staff that are doing it day in, day out, obviously, you know, we can see already that there could be a better way of doing that that's modernized and quicker and easier to run. But actually having more flexibility is, is also really good for customers because they enjoy that flexibility, as Martin said, on, on the roads. And, and they really want to have that flexibility on the rails as well because things change all the time. Ships arrive at ports delayed because of bad weather at sea or congestion elsewhere in the world. If it pours with rain and the building sites don't work that particular day, then perhaps trains won't be needed in construction terminals. And if the sun's shining, then perhaps they'll need more. And businesses change their needs all the time. And as consumers, we change our needs all the time as well. So businesses are looking to have very quick responsiveness from the railways in terms of those services that they can run whether that's around changing in demand or around disruption somewhere else in the network. And the easier and quicker that we can make it for customers, the better. And the sort of the positive that comes out from that as well is if we've got a greater understanding of the capacity that's there and available, then we can also grow rail freight more by offering customers the choice to do more with those available slots, to run those extra trains, those extra services. And if we know that that is going to be available and that they can rely on the availability of that capacity of network rail routinely being able to offer those paths, then they'll make the investment in the equipment and the services that are necessary to bring those those new trains onto the network. Thank you very much, Maggie. You've mentioned some key words there, flexibility and availability. So actually being able to define what is available has been something that you, Martin, have been looking at and developing a tool to help us with. Yes, that's right, Ant. So the project came about through the RSSB's innovation competition for dynamic train planning. And this was really recognising that VSTP can be a bit of a bottleneck within the network for getting services back on track and getting extra capacity within the rail network. And we decided to look at the freight angle of this specifically and look at what we can do to solve some of the capacity challenges that we've spoken about already today. So we developed this in conjunction with Peter Hicks of Open Train Times, looking at the information he's built up and we've built up of planned schedules versus actuals to build up a real picture of how paths are currently used within the network and build a tool that allows people to request a new path easily. Thank you very much, Martin. I believe the tool is called the Path Planner. What is its approach to managing paths? Yeah, so we looked at the, all the schedules that are in place on the network and all the train services that have run over them historically. And we've identified that there is capacity within the network which is reserved for a scheduled path but isn't used and that's for various operational reasons where a path will be put in but the train doesn't always run because in order to respond to demand you've got to know you've got that capacity ahead of time which in some ways allows uh, freight to be flexible and dynamic as we've already mentioned but it can be a barrier to itself as if that path is reserved for one purpose it can't be used for another purpose if it's not running. So we took a two-pronged approach to this, really. The first one was to make it possible for a freight operator to 
release a path for another operator to use. So this is our capacity exchange section of the application. And that means if you've got a path booked that regularly runs, say, Monday to Thursday every week, and you know you're not going to use it on one day next week, or you know that actually there's a day of a week you don't use that at the moment, within the system, you can set that path as available. And that means it is there for another freight operator to make use of that capacity. So maximizing the existing capacity on the network. Of course, you might want to run a path and it's not possible to reuse someone that has been released because not everyone may have immediate visibility of what they want to release or they might not all be signed up to use the system. So we also analyze the historical usage of a schedule. So we can tell for a given day what the likelihood is that that path is going to be used. So you can put in your parameters that you want to determine your route. And we will return a list of schedules that match that with a probability of use. And if it's it's never used, obviously, it will be at the top of the list as our recommendation to you to use this path. You can take that through the system. It will show you on a train graph the calling points and the times for them. So you can see any potential conflict that it might fit in around on the network. And you've got the visualization of where it's going to go for you. If you're happy with that, you can then turn that into a timed path request for network rail. Now, one of the key things that we wanted to do when we were doing this was to make sure we fit in with the existing network rail process to minimize the amount of business change that would be needed to get the system in place. So as the system currently works, it will generate a PDF VSTP request form with all the timing points and information on it that goes directly into the same process that is used for existing VSTP requests. And that allows us to get the system in place really quickly and minimize any disruption while maximizing the benefit. Thank you very much, Martin. It sounds like you've done all the background research, but as a solution, where is Path Planner today? And what will the next steps be? So as a solution for Path Planner, it has been piloted with two freight operators and with Network Rail to review the concept. Off the back of that, we've got some key roadmap features for development on it, and we are actively looking to to get this in use and release the capacity within the network. So we've got two or three freight operators we are already talking to about it. We're working directly with the Network Rail freight team as well to understand how this will fit in the industry. And we're really hoping that early 2022 will be the time we will be getting operational VSTP bids coming out of our system and being used within the network to get that freight capacity boost that we've seen we really need with the demand for it, especially post-COVID. Thank you, Martin. It all sounds very promising. If I can turn back to you, Maggie, what's your reaction to Path Planner and how important is R&D for driving improvements in the freight sector? Yeah, thank you. I mean, Path Planner is, uh, you know, a really exciting innovation and we're looking forward to seeing uh, how far it can go and how quickly we can, can get those benefits that Martin's talked about established and, and in use on a day-to-day basis. And I think Path Planner is a really good example of the kind of innovation that we need as a, as a rail sector and freight in particular. It's one of a number of projects that RSSB's research and development pipeline is is funding ranging across a whole host of different areas within rail freight, but really trying to bring in that innovation, that technology, and help the sector to be more cost-effective, more efficient, 
and modernize the way it operates. So we're all, you know, very supportive of Path Planner and of all the, uh, the research and development that's going on at the moment with our members and with RSSB to try and help our customers grow and do the right thing for the environment and the economy. Thank you very much, Maggie. And thank you, Martin, as well, for telling us about Path Planner and the potential for opening up much more capacity in freight, which is, we hope, going to be a very important and significant part of ground transportation in future and an important part of decarbonizing Britain. If anybody has any questions about this or any other of our podcasts, please contact me by email at podcasts at rssb.co.uk. Thank you for listening, and until the next time, stay safe. Mm-hmm.